0: Good morning, family. I'm so glad you've joined me. We're talking about how to think politically as people who love and follow and who are being shaped by Jesus. The kingdom of God offers its own politics. When we imagine politics in any way other than the way of Jesus, then our understanding of Jesus becomes distorted. When we give ourselves to a political system, that does not follow the ways of Jesus, we end up trying to conform Jesus to that party's platform or agenda. Over and over again, in the Old Testament book of second Kings, we see and hear the theme, remember who you are. The people of God were living in exile. Through his word, God encouraged them to resist the temptation to be co opted into a system whose values are contrary to the kingdom of God. Don't be seduced by political systems that lead you to believe that they will give you power. Instead, trust in God's ways, Because every time the people of God align themselves with the empire, whatever its form, the people of God end up living in exile every single that's what had happened in the book of 2 Kings. So let's look at another curious episode from the life of the Old Testament prophet Elisha. Remember, Elisha was a man of God who lived in the world of kings. That's why the book we're reading is entitled Second Kings. And today's story is found in 2 Kings chapter 4. Hear the word of the Lord. Now there was a woman who had been married to a member of a group of prophets. She appealed to Elisha saying, My husband, your servant, is dead. You know how he feared the Lord, but now someone he owed money to has come to take my two children away as slaves. Elisha said to her, What can I do for you? Tell me what you still have left in the house. She said, Your servant has nothing at all in the house except a small jar of oil. He said, Go out and borrow containers from all your neighbors. Get as many empty containers as possible. Then go in and close the door behind you and your sons. Pour oil into all those containers. Set each one aside when it's full. She left Elisha and closed the door behind her and her sons. They brought her containers as she kept on pouring. When she had filled the containers, she said to her son, Bring me another container. He said to her, There aren't any more. Then the oil stopped flowing, and she reported this to the man of God. He said, Go, sell the oil and pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what remains. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be. The prophet Elisha met a poor widow who was at her wits end. She had lost everything, her husband, her resources, her assets, and she did not have enough money to pay her debts. Now, one of her dead husband's creditors was demanding she give him her two sons as payment for the debt. She was in deep, deep trouble. All she had was one small jar of oil. So she asked Elisha for help. He said, collect all the empty jars you can from all your neighbors. And when you gather them all, go into your house, close the door and pour the oil into all those jars. That sounds a bit crazy, doesn't it? I'm not sure I would have followed Elisha's directions. Would you? Well, the widow obeyed. She filled jar after jar after jar from her one little jar until all the jars and bottles were miraculously filled to the brim. When the last jar was filled, the oil ran out. Then she sold all of that oil. God miraculously multiplied her oil so that she could have enough money to pay her debts and save her family. Now, make sure you see this. The poor widow was faced with two options. One, do things according to the ways of man. Two, do things according to the ways of God. Live according to the ways of man or live according to the ways of God. If she followed the ways of man, she'd have to sell her sons, her children, to pay her debts. Or, She could trust in the ways of God. Now, the book of 2 Kings was written when the ancient Israelites were living in exile. Therefore, this book asks Jewish exiles this critically important question. Will you sell your sons in order to survive? Or will you trust in the grace and provision of God? Will you sell your children in order to survive, or will you trust in the upside down, inside out countercultural ways of God's kingdom? Some interpret this story as an allegory. If we do that, then the two children or sons can be seen as the two Jewish kingdoms, Israel in the north and Judah in the south. Both were invaded by enemies. So the Jewish people were living in exile. If they were not careful as exiles living in a foreign land, they could lose their true identity. They could easily forget who they were. So this is Israel's story. And it could be our story too. The political question we face today is this. Will we sell our sons or our souls for the sake of functioning and being accepted within a kingdom that is not the kingdom of Jesus. As people shaped and formed and defined by Jesus, the temptation before us is to join in the logic of a kingdom that is not our own. We're tempted to abandon who we are as the people of God in order to fit into a system that will enslave our souls. Is your soul enslaved by a political system? Do you spend more time agonizing over a candidate's faults and failures? Do you spend more time obsessing about poll numbers? Do you spend more time talking about track records and tax returns than you spend praying for the candidates and the election? If so, your soul has been enslaved by a system. And you've been deceived into thinking that the kingdom of God works like the empires of this world, that Jesus does business the way a king or president does business. Remember, God's ways are not man's ways. Man's ways are not God's ways. And there is real danger for the followers of Jesus to think that the economy or politics or business holds the cures for what ails us. Back to our story. Elisha asked the poor widow what she had. She said, I have nothing except. And it's that except that God uses in the logic of his kingdom. When we entrust whatever we have to God. Myriad possibilities open up for us that we may never have imagined. In the case of this widow, the little bit of oil in her little jar became more than enough for her and her two kids. Not only did they pay off their debt, but they had enough for them to live. We believe that when we trust God, his faithfulness far exceeds our imagination. So how do we remain faithful to God during an election year? How do we remain faithful to God during this election? year? Every election, it seems, someone asks, when are you going to tell us who to vote for? Well, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for because I can't. But what I will do is recommend that followers of Jesus begin every political discussion with these three confessions. One, Jesus is Lord, not any president or political leader. Two, our main, our primary citizenship is in the kingdom of heaven, not a particular nation state. And three, our chief identification is with the Church of Jesus Christ, not any political party. Radical, isn't it? As followers of Jesus, we must make these three confessions on a daily basis. One, Jesus is Lord. Two, we are firstly citizens of God's kingdom. And Three, chiefly, our identity is with the Church of Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord, was the declaration of the first century church. It was a political statement and it got many first century followers of Jesus killed. Jesus is Lord, not Caesar, nor anyone else, which means that Jesus directs and dictates how we live our lives. Jesus defines reality for us. We take our marching orders from him, and he never, ever asks us to sell our sons or our souls to ensure our survival. Our citizenship is in the kingdom of God. Our allegiance is to God and his rule and to no other. No matter where we go or what we do, we are expected to live out the values and the agenda of Jesus. We chiefly and primarily identify with the Church of Jesus Christ more than as a Republican, Democrat, or any other distinction. We are the people of Jesus. Do you know what that means? That means the Christian icon is not the stars and stripes, but a cross. Our emblem, our badge is not a donkey or an elephant, or an eagle, our emblem is a lamb, and a sacrificial one at that. It's not that we don't love this country, we absolutely do, but we must keep our priorities in order. By the way, I believe that being a follower of Jesus makes us better, far better citizens of the country in which we live. You see, when followers of Jesus believe that they must possess the political power of Caesar's sword in order to shape the world for good, they have forsaken the ways of God and succumbed to the ways of the world. Jesus is Lord. Our main citizenship is in the kingdom of heaven. Our chief identification is with the church of Jesus Christ. Now, back to 2 Kings, God's solution for the widow's dilemma was not found in doing business in the way of the world. That would mean selling her sons. God's solution was better than anything she could have imagined. We believe that God is always at work. And because of that, there is always, always, always hope, regardless of the candidates. Regardless of the circumstances, regardless of the situation, the fact that Jesus is present and working brings us hope. Listen, God has a plan, an unseen option, just like He had for this poor widow. And God's plan never requires us to sell our souls or our sons. God gives hope and life when we trust him. God has a habit of opening unseen doors. And regardless of the outcome in November, Jesus will still be Lord. In the meantime, our allegiance must be to him and only him, trusting that he has everything under control. As followers of Jesus, our hope is not in the economy. Our hope is not in a political party or system. Our hope is not found on a ballot. Our eternal everlasting hope is found only in Jesus. And he never fails. Amen. Let's pray. Good and gentle God. Help us to remember that we are yours. Forgive us for selling our souls in an attempt to fit into a kingdom that is not yours. Help us to remember that you call us to follow the Lamb of God and not a donkey, an elephant, or an eagle. Help us to remember that Jesus is Lord and no one else. Help us to remember that we are citizens of your great kingdom and our allegiance belongs to you. Help us to remember that we are members of your great kingdom. In light of those realities, may we see this world with your eyes. May we hear this world with your ears. May we teach this world with your truth. May we touch this world with your peace. May we heal this world with your love. Now using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven By the way, you have three jobs to do this week. One, remember who you are. Two, remember the three confessions. If you need them written out, I've included them in the episode notes. Three, love at least three people and make sure at least one of them doesn't deserve it. Okay? Everyone needs to know that God loves them no matter what. Right? But well, don't let these daunting, draining, challenging days rob you of your joy. With Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Now receive these words of benediction. May the Lord bless you and protect you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his face to you and grant you his peace. Amen. Amen.